Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Welcome to Freedom Rings Podcast. I am so delighted that you're joining us today, and you are in for a treat. There are ordinary people who end up doing extraordinary things in their lives, and we have one as our guest today. It is Senator Deb Fisher. She represents the great state of Nebraska, and Deb, welcome. I'm delighted to have you join us. Oh, thank you, Marcia. It is so great to be here with you today. And you are a Lincoln, Nebraska native. So you've lived and worked there all your life. Well, I was born and raised in Lincoln. My mother was an elementary school teacher. My dad was a civil engineer who worked for the Department of Roads in Nebraska for his entire career. And then I attended the University of Nebraska, and I fell in love with a cattle rancher from the Nebraska Sandhills, which is 300 miles from Lincoln. And so lived uh, on the ranch. We've raised three sons there. And um, just recently, Bruce and I moved back to Lincoln, bought a home there, because uh, another one of our sons got married and needed a home on the ranch. And Lincoln's a little closer to the airport than south of (laughs) Valentine, Nebraska. That's right. But having a parent that was growing up in the educational system, or in the educational system as you were growing up, then you... You had a firsthand look at how teachers and children interact in the classroom and the importance of education to a free people. So talk a little bit about that and how that led you to studying education in college and then into running for the school board, your first office. Right. Um, You know, my mom, um, I I always say that my brothers and I had a typical upbringing in the late 50s and through the 60s into the 70s. Uh, We were very fortunate to have parents who were who were at home, who were active in our activities, uh, who modeled, um, I always call it good community behavior. They were PTA members, and they were the Cub Scout leader and campfire girls. And so we we had that experience, but also watching my mom through the years teaching. And she taught for 34 years, and so she, she taught children and then taught their parents even. And she was an elementary teacher who would hug her kids, which, of course, now teachers are warned, um, you know, you can't touch kids really anymore because of so many changes we've seen throughout society. But my mother believed um, in, in showing children that you, that you love them. She um, she taught phonics. She believed in the basics uh, to make sure that these these children had a good foundation and could go on and succeed. And and I think Marcia, when when we look at um, all the all the requirements put on teachers today and on school districts on what they have to teach, sometimes we miss um, those basics because there's there's not time. And, and family situations for children are so different nowadays than they were when you and I were growing up and when we and, raised our own children. Yeah, and I would think that during, you were on the school board yes. for 14 years, right? Uh, for almost 20. Okay, and so you saw a lot of this change. Yes, 
You know, as we looked at um, different curriculum requirements, um, things outside of education that were requirements for school districts to do um, that dealt with health, for example, health of children, uh, being able to address a variety of needs of children. And it it required, I think, um, more specialization within a school district on on uh, the staff and also to find staff uh, to be aides in classrooms, to be able to help with uh, the, the special needs children with behavioral problems. So um, we've just seen a change in society that I think is reflected in our schools. So from the Sand Hills of Nebraska and a school board, you go to the state senate. And what issues led you there, and what issues led you to the U.S. Senate? Well, education was something, uh, being on a school board, I would go down to the legislature and uh, really lobby as a a school board member and as a parent for uh, equal financing of education across the state. It shouldn't matter where you live. It shouldn't matter if you have a a child in a city school or a a one-room schoolhouse in the country. And so that uh, that was a main issue. And I'd always um, hoped to be involved in public policy making. So when our sons were grown, uh, I had the opportunity and ran for a seat in the legislature thinking, you know, I would one of my focuses would be education. That continued, but um, my my focus was really on transportation and telecommunications issues. It ended up I chaired that committee for six of my eight years, and it um, it it um, really broadened my perspective on a number of issues uh, because of financing. I was involved in revenue committee then and decisions there. I served some time on natural resources committee, so to have. The appreciation I had uh, being on a ranch and the resources we have there and and our really our job to manage those resources appropriately uh, to carry that on through uh, my time in state government. Um, I I had a, a wonderful time. We accomplished a lot and um, the opportunity arose to run for the Senate and I did. And one. And one. <laughs> and one. And, and now you serve. And uh, I have to ask you, though, serving at the local, the state, and federal level, and then rearing three boys out on the ranch. So talk a little bit about what freedom means to you and how that intensity for the love of freedom has changed through through your years of service. Oh, I've I've always uh, felt that freedom is a treasure. It's something that um, we should all hold dear. It is something that we should never um, never forget the importance of, and also never forget that we constantly need to be aware of any challenges uh, to the freedom that we enjoy in this country. Um, that really hasn't changed a lot. I just think, I think my awareness has changed because I see um, so many assaults on our freedom now that, um, that we really, I don't, I don't believe they were as prominent, uh, even, even going through the late 60s and 70s with protests against Vietnam War and things, that, that's still not um, 
really the the magnitude of some of the assaults that we see today. And of course, we're all out there each and every day pushing back on these <laughs> to to those individuals that would like to restrict our freedoms and to those issues that would compromise our our freedoms. So as Nebraskans are listening to this, what issues are filling your plate right now? Oh, there's so many. You know that, Marsha. We serve on two committees together, Armed Services and Commerce Committee, and just the the broad array of issues. But I, I would say the ones that I'm most concerned about right now deal with the work that you and I do on Armed Services, because that is our first duty as United States senators, is to provide for the common defense. And I've, I am uh, on the Strategic Forces Subcommittee. I've either chaired or been ranking member for the last seven years now. And it's, it's a committee, really, that um, protects the bedrock of our national security, and that is our nuclear triad. And we see, um, we see some of our members on the committee who do not want to authorize uh, funding for modernization of our nuclear forces, for our missile defense, uh, and that is our main responsibility. And we have, and we have the security of the country uh, that depends on that. It underpins every other decision, every other strategy of the Department of Defense. You are you are solid and you are strong on that because you understand the importance of it. But I see, as I think you do too, other members um, chip away at it. You know, mm-hmm. I hope we never, I hope we never have to use a nuclear weapon again. But our adv- adversaries should know that we have the capability and we have the will that, if necessary, uh, we would. So I I think the main thing is we have to be aware that. Um, not every country in the world thinks like we do. Not every country in the world uh, is looking for for peace, prosperity, opportunities for their people. Uh, they they have uh, aggressive behaviors, uh, China and Russia specifically. So for us to be able to maintain peace in the world, protect ourselves and our allies, uh, we have to have modernization done to our to our nuclear forces to the platforms to the capabilities that we have well that is is so well said and so true and when we talk about great power competition and that is what we have when we're dealing with russia and china and north korea and iran as i call them the new axis of evil Mm -hmm. and they have to know that we are equipped and that we will use that to keep them from doing bad things to good people. And our allies have to know that they're our friend and that we're going to use our resources to protect us and them. You know, I think people forget that, uh, and we've got a a great example right now in the issue with China and Mm -hmm. Taiwan. We do not go in and fight to take over and control people's lands and make them subservient to the United States. We go in to defend freedom and liberty and to free them from oppression and allow them 
to run their countries. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well said. You know, I I hope the listeners realize. Um, there's a couple strong conservative women sitting at this table visiting about right. the defense of this country, about our national security, about uh, situations around the world. I think that is um, um, a positive that conservative women bring to the table because we do focus on that. We know mm-hmm. that that you have to have security in your country if you are able then to provide security for your family and opportunities for your family as well. That is that is true. When my grandsons learned how to ride a bike, they said that was their ticket to freedom. <laughs> and uh, so many times as we are dealing with uh, different countries in different situations, I think of that analogy as what is a ticket to freedom. And many times it is the U.S. forces that are coming in to liberate from oppression. Um, My guest has been Senator Deb Fisher, who does a wonderful job representing the state of Nebraska and standing up and defending freedom. You're going to learn more about Senator Fisher if you follow her on Twitter at Deb Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, Deb Fisher NE, or Facebook at Deb Fisher for Senate, and Instagram at Senator Fisher. So thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Freedom Rings. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings, executive producers of Conservative Partnership Center, and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Rings.